I would love to be able to get this done before it gets really cold because <laughs> it's so I'm cold. so down with that bit. Alright, so I'm here with my beautiful, my goodness, beautiful girlfriend, Carissa Brain tonight. <laughs> and we are actually chilling at a little park in Pennsylvania because this is where she lives. Um, and we got the chance to ski for Valentine's Day, which was really nice. We got to go to Camelback Resort, and it was awesome. And we actually had woke up Saturday and had a little one inch of snow surprise. So that was nice because the day before was like rain and packed down snow, and it was just awful to ski on. Yeah, it's a little rough. It was 40 degrees, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not the greatest skiing weather the first day, but then Friday the conditions were a lot better. So I think we both enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good. Little getaway trip. Mm -hmm. In the mountains. <laughs> I need those trips because being on flat land all the time, I get really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to get away <laughs> in the mountains. <laughs> you need to be out west. Yeah, or or farther up east or western Maryland or just anywhere in the mountains I'm happy North Carolina anywhere where there's mountains it doesn't necessarily need to be out west as long as I have the main thing that makes you know Calvert County nice is just the people really so I don't necessarily need to be in the mountains but it is nice to have little getaways in the mountains you know you do have some fun things though in Calvert County yeah. it's a lot to do yeah there's some nice beaches, and in the summertime, it's really more of a summer area because you got like paddleboarding, you got the bay right there, you got the river on the other side. It's also for sunsets. You can go fishing, you got hunting, you got kayaking. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, so we're actually, yeah, we're outside. The sunset right now in this little park. It's pretty peaceful. Um, it's cold. I am sitting on a bench on top of a mattress pad with like a camp pad yeah. not like a actual bed <laughs> <laughs> a mattress camping pad something like that whatever you want to call it and i have a bunch of layers on and i'm also sitting inside of a sleeping bag and i'm still cold <laughs> but you guys have to understand that she's always cold i mean it'll be 90 degrees out in the summertime and she's like i'm freezing <laughs> <laughs> so carissa where were you born and where did you grow up? This question gets me every time because it's such a weighted question. But um, I was born in Namibia, which is in Africa, not South Africa, because everyone automatically assumes South Africa. But Namibia is its own country, and it's right above South Africa. Um, but I actually lived in Angola, which is another country above South Africa. Um, we lived there until I was about nine years old, and then we moved to the Gettysburg, York, PA area, um, and my parents have been there kind of ever since, and now I live outside of Philly. You're awesome. So my follow-up question is, did growing up in Africa make it hard being in the U.S. at first? Um, yeah. I mean, I came here when I was in fourth grade. And that was really the first time I was in public school. I mean, I was in public school for half of kindergarten, but so fourth grade was really where I had a big culture shock. 
and not really knowing how to use the water fountain or the Pledge of Allegiance or a lot of things that your normal American child would grow up knowing, um, which made it really difficult and kind of never felt like I fit in, which in a way I still kind of feel like that because a lot of my childhood was molded in living in a different country. So now it's still a little little hard sometimes to figure out where I belong, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because mm-hmm. a lot of who I am it comes from my childhood and what I've been through during that time living in Africa. It's a whole different life. <laughs> so I want to talk about how we met and kind of how we started dating and our whole story. Um, so I actually was a camp counselor at River Valley Ranch. And this was a camp that I went to all throughout my childhood. Um, it's a Christian camp and it's in Manchester, Maryland. And so it's like right on the border of Pennsylvania. Um, And it's just a beautiful area. It's inside this valley, or in the center of this valley, and you basically are right on this this stream flowing through the whole, well my, my my particular camp was in a tent all the time. Everybody else had nice cabins with heat and AC and so basically this camp is nine weeks of camp so you have training and then I guess it's nine and a half. It's a little more yeah. Yeah I guess it's We have some training and then yeah weeks of camp. Right right um so you have eight weeks of actual camp so each week you get about 20 campers you and your co-counselor so my co-counselor was Jake shout out to Jake my man um my brother all right, sorry, I was getting emotional. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we had two different camps, and so they would split up into the their age groups, but we had the older kids. Um, and I just, I, I personally wanted to have older kids just because I can go a little deeper with them. We can talk more about um, some things going on in their lives. I mean, middle schoolers you can too sometimes, but most of the time with, with youth and in high school age, you can kind of go into more of, uh, a relationship with God and, and how it applies to our lives and what it means to have a relationship with God and so yeah I, I wanted I know I knew going into it that I wanted high schoolers and so Chris and I were actually not working there at the same time. The fun thing was that I worked at RVR for two summers and then my third summer I was gonna go back and work there again And this was the year after I graduated from college, and so I didn't really know what I was doing or what was going on quite yet, but I did apply to grad school, and I got the job with RVR again working in adventure camp, so being a girls' adventure counselor. Um, And then I found out that I got into grad school and I had to take summer classes. So I had to call and tell them that I was breaking my contract with them and couldn't work that summer because I got into grad school. But ironically, that was the summer that Steven started working there. So we would have been co-counselors together the entire summer, mm-hmm. which this now was, looking this was back... summer of 2018. Yeah. Which now, looking back, it's a really... It's a God thing that we didn't work together that summer because I think it would have been a distraction. But I did go. My parents live 10 minutes from the ranch, and so I did go there quite often that summer in order to... Visit old campers, see 
counselors you knew in the past. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot with the girls that took the two counselors that took my position, my old position, or the new adventure counselors, and talked with them a lot about different things, which was really nice. Um, and then I ended up volunteering my last or the last week at the ranch, helping out a little bit with the paintball girl camp for about a day, um, helping tear down camp, um, cleaning up after the summer was over. And that's kind of when I really started, well, I noticed even before, but this was kind of mm-hmm. when I was a little more interested rather than like, oh yeah, he's kind of good looking to, okay, I want to get to know him more. But um, knowing that we were at the ranch and there was a lot of kids looking up to us, I definitely put up a front and kept my distance. Yeah, which was good because if she had shown any interest, I would have been like a little more distracted. <laughs> I think I was already distracted seeing you and meeting you. I was like, oh, man, she's really cute, and she loves the Lord. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kept my distance a little bit because I didn't want to get in the way of what Jesus was doing there for the kids. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I remember seeing you, but then, like, thinking you were too cool to talk to me. So I was just like, all right, whatever, I'll play it off, you know. Like, I'll just wait for her to, like, say hey because... Everybody, I'd already, like, heard about her before because all the other campers were like, do you know Pookie? Yeah, everybody loved her. Oh, yeah, so we all had camp names, too. (laughs) So this is a little camp thing going on, and so we all had, like, random names. Um, And so hers was Pookie. Pookie Yeah, they called me Pookie Bear. Adventure Camp, we were called the Adventure Bears. Um, And so we all had, like, bear-type names. And so she was Pookie Bear. Mine was... (laughs) Grizzly bear. <laughs> so Grizz. Funny. What's up, Grizz? My, hey, Pookie. My co-counselor was a uh, bow bear because he hunted. So, and also he had he played uh, the cello. cello. He's gonna kill me if I don't say it. If I I was about to say violin, he would no. be like, "How dare you, dude?" The cello. It's the cello. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So we all had funny little names, and it was. It was a cool camp thing because we didn't want the cameras to know our names. So it was kind of like a little game, too, throughout the week. And sometimes we'd slip up and say each other's real names. <laughs> like, especially towards the first couple weeks, you always slip up. And I remember a couple times I'd been like, like my co-counselor, it was Jake. So around the campers, you don't say that. But I'd sometimes I'd be like, dude, Jake. And then they'd catch on. like, wait, what'd you just say? No, like, I was calling another camper. Oh, I was calling. Uh, yeah, I was calling somebody else. Yeah. Jake over there. <laughs> and act like played on, like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was always a fun little game. But then Carissa, I remember, it's like, you'll start a conversation with her and then be like, oh, hey, what's up? Oh, your name's Carissa or Pookie Bear, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and certain started, like, a little conversation like that. But then I remember the week. Uh, last week or was it the last couple of weeks I think it was the last week eight where you were actually there the whole week whatever the last week was I was there the whole week yeah and so we had little conversations throughout that week because um, we had like stations I remember during their free time and you came into the gym and then I you were did. like I love basically this is what I heard I love all the things you love and I'm I was born in Africa and I'm pretty much really cool and the best girl you'll ever meet and so <laughs> We had a lot more in-depth conversation than that. We We talked about a lot of things. No, we did, but... I think my favorite interaction that we had 
um, Stephen drives stick shift, or he did, and I used to drive stick shift also. It's kind of sad. Neither of us have our little manual cars anymore, but... We'll get them back one day. One day. <laughs> um, so we were talking about that and how we both drive, and I was telling him how my clutch was going bad, and it was really hard to drive my car, and he was like, you got to drive mine. Mine's so nice, so smooth, so great, and so... I kept joking around with him, like, yeah, I got to drive your car. When am I going to get to drive your car? And then we were getting ready to leave, and Stephen was standing by his car, and he was like, all right, bye. And he opened up his arms to give me a hug, and I walked right by him, grabbed his keys, and got in his car and drove it away. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) I guess... (laughs) She doesn't want to hug. <laughs> I just really wanted to drive his car, so I just went right past him and took his like, car first. I was like, I'm gonna act spin. like that didn't happen. <laughs> Glad nobody saw that. <laughs> but then I came she back totally and just like was like, uh huh, no. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> but then I came back and yeah, gave you an actual hug. Yeah, and you were like, it was nice meeting you, meeting you, and having conversations with you. It's like, yeah, whatever. And then we left. <laughs> And that was that. That was the end of that. That was our camp experience. Yeah, but I remember, like, leaving and being like, dang, she lives in Pennsylvania. I live in Frostburg, Maryland. And so that's five hours away. So I was like, oh, dang. It would be so incredible to have a girl like that. But how would that even, what would that even look like? Long distance, um, which is, I've heard is a constant challenge. So I was like, oh, man, I just... It's going to be hard to get involved in that. Um, but I was like, I remember getting home and getting to Frostburg and be like, God, what does it take to get a woman like that, that I can honestly be equally yoked with and can be, um, you know, just just sharing life with. life with in a way that is more in-depth than I've shared with anybody I've, I've ever known. And so I was like, man... God, how come I can't get a girl like that? Like, she didn't really, like, hint at being super into me while we were at camp, you know? And I was like, which was a good thing because I was there for the cameras and I reminded myself of that constantly. That that's not why I was there. I wasn't there to find somebody, you know? Because a lot of people leaving River Valley Ranch leave. Or, you know, it's, it's just, like, a big thing that, like, you meet somebody there oh you're gonna date (laughs) and so it's like I wasn't there for that I was like going into it I was like no I'm here for God like I'm gonna be having some awesome conversations every week with campers like I'm not having here I'm not gonna be here to flirt it up and have (laughs) relationships like that like I'm here to be solely here for the campers and bring them all closer to God as well as myself you know, because the counselors also grew throughout the summer. Yeah, for seeing sure. that was awesome, and getting closer to other guy counselors as well was just—it's just awesome. But then, yeah, so I remember getting a frost and be like, "God, what does it take?" And and guy was like, "Oh, Stephen, I'm not even done yet. Just, <laughs> just wait, be patient." You left the ranch, or we both left the ranch, and then 
I started messaging you on Instagram <laughs> because that was the only form of communication yeah, I had we, with you. We had followed each other on Instagram. Like, oh, you got an Instagram? Okay, okay. And that was it. And yeah, that was it. And because I've never been the type of guy that's like, let me get your number, girl. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But you did eventually weird. ask for my number because you said talking on Instagram is stupid. Let me just get your number. Yeah, but that was over Instagram. Yeah. Like through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we talked over Instagram for solid couple weeks and then i i was like okay this guy's pretty great like i want to get to know him better so then we were texting a little bit more and steven kept joking around you got to come visit you got to come visit and if you guys know anything about me i can be a little impulsive at times and i like a good sense of adventure and so at this point grad school hadn't completely started up yet and i just moved to my apartment and i didn't really have anything to do and it was Labor Day weekend coming up, and he was like, you gotta come visit, you gotta come visit. And I just said, how about this weekend? And he goes, yeah, sure. Well, and as remember, soon as I said it, I was like, oh crap, now I actually have no, to do actually, this. <laughs> I, what I remember from it was like, I was like, all right, well, I'll just throw this out there. And like, I was like, so I was like, hey, you should like come up here and like, we'll do some hiking and like, I'll show you around town. And, and you were like, okay when and I was like oh really <laughs> like yeah. I, I just assumed that you'd be like no it's, there's no way that's gonna work and honestly I would have gone to you first but I think having classes like mm-hmm. every single week and then I also had weekend classes at mm-hmm. the time because I was doing my adventure sports uh, concentration um, so <laughs> I was like I just I really want to come see you but it's not gonna be for another few months when I have a weekend off and so you were like, well, I'm coming to you. I'll come up to you. But and it was, was pretty like, crazy. Really? And but then we had a whole conversation over the phone, like the first time ever. Yeah. You're like, I want to get to know you even more. We Facetime for solid like six hours one day. Yeah, in a single day. <laughs> and just talked about everything, and then talked about camp. And yeah. honestly, like it was, was crazy because like, okay. I I knew like you were something special because none of it was awkward. No. And like we hadn't natural. had natural. Yeah. It just all came so naturally. Yeah. Um, and then I just up and drove five hours to Frostburg for a weekend with someone I yeah. didn't know too, Which too is well. Crazy. But to all the women out there, I do not recommend this. <laughs> do not do what Krista did. <laughs> no, really. It was it was Luckily, a big risk. Luckily, I'm a nice guy. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt like I knew him well enough that I knew I wasn't getting myself into anything crazy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I was just up for an adventure, and little free spirited me decided. Which ends up now. Now it it was a good thing because I don't know. I think God had planned that. It just felt right. Yeah. So I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is awesome. And Um, then the rest is kind of history from there. Yeah, and so (laughs) year and a half later. Yeah, and we've gone on tons of awesome climbing trips. We have. Driven cross country together. Driven across country. Um, so we went from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia to Oregon. Yeah. In 10 days. So we kind of enjoyed it. We could have easily done it in faster, but I think we wanted to really enjoy it and embrace it because I had a job out there. So I talked about this in other podcasts, I'm pretty sure, but we had, I had a park ranger uh, job through Bureau of Land Management. And so we were driving out to that and she was going to fly back and so 
a lot of ups and downs the through thing, being out there. Yeah. The thing that's also funny is we've always been long distance, and that's yep. something that I never thought I could do. Mm-hmm. And we went from you being in Frostburg, me being right outside of Philly, to me being in PA, you being in Oregon, to now you being in Maryland, me being in PA. But we've never been this close to each other, and we're still three hours apart, <laughs> which yeah. is just crazy to think about and just goes to show, quite honestly, how strong this relationship is and how special it is, is that we can make it work and how much we mean to each other that we're willing to fight and make it work because it is difficult and long distance is very annoying <laughs> for any of you guys who do it. It's really hard and difficult and yeah. really shows the commitment you have for each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we went through a lot, um, especially going through that five months of me being out there. Time and, zones are horrible. Yeah, and so it was only three hours difference. Time difference. Time Three hours time difference, but it was makes all the so difference. hard because I'd be coming home from work and she's like getting ready for bed. It's like nine o'clock <laughs> and it's already dark where she's at and I'm in Oregon. I'm like, I'm just getting off work, about to like go surf. <laughs> it's just like completely different. And so it's really hard to also get our schedules on the right track. And I mean, I'm, I know couples have been through harder and there's some couples who do different countries, but. <laughs> Which is very admirable. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a real challenge and um, we pushed through that challenge though, luckily, and we're stronger for it now. Um, but that's a different subject. And so Another time. We'll, so one listener question was, what does it mean to be equally yoked? And so this is a really good question. Um, and I figured I'd say this for our Valentine's Day episode that we got here. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a very interesting topic that I know has a couple of different beliefs on it. So before we even start, I just want to throw it out there. Take the time for yourself to dig into the word and figure out for yourself what it means to be equally or unequally yoked because I think that's really important as well. It is really important. And as we go through this topic, it's, it is really important to assess a relationship that you may be in and say, are we equally yoked? Because it's important. Yeah. It's one of the most important things. Absolutely. And to tie it into what we were briefly talking about, I honestly believe that that's how we made it through long distance is because we were able to keep Christ at the center and put him first. Exactly. Um, so I wanted to bring up Second Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? And so Paul does a really good job of explaining that we need to be equally yoked with our, our partner and with our relationships. Um, so it can also go into friendships. Not saying that all your friendships need to be believers, but it is important that your core group of friends you have to go back to are believers. Um, but going back to the relationship side of this, in the study notes in my uh, 
Reformation Study Bible, it says, Neither Paul nor the rest of the New Testament tells us to have no association at all with unbelievers. We are told not to be yoked together with them in such a way that they significantly influence the direction and outcome of our moral decisions and spiritual activities. So like going back to having friendships as well that glorify God is important because they're influencing you. The people that you're spending the time with the most is going to be the person that you turn into. Yeah, so like the people you hang out with the most have the biggest influence and impact on your life. Right. Yeah. Well said. One thing I think is so cool about the Bible is there's a lot of farm imagery, which sounds kind of silly, but there's a lot of the times where, um, like speaking of like a shepherd and a farmer and plowing fields and planting crops, and it's just a really cool analogy that God uses. Um, because back then in, in biblical times, yeah. you know, they had all the farming stuff, and so that was the way that they could relate to it the most. Right. And it's, it's crazy how it still applies. <laughs> yeah. We still understand it, so it's cool. Yeah. So what a yoke is, it's a farming tool, and for all of you farmers out there if you are farmers listening i don't know i don't know if anybody like this listens podcast to this. is only for farmers <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> saying for people that know a thing or two about farming i may i i don't know but a yoke is the thing that keeps two cows or oxen together when you're plowing a field and they are connected together and it's a really cool imagery so if something is unequally yoked it's typically when a farmer is trying to teach a younger cow how to plow and so it is put in a yoke with a bigger oxen who is able to pull and able to do all of the work and kind of teach and train the younger oxen so this is kind of cool when you're thinking in terms of relationships is if there's one person that's working harder to listen to the farmer, so to listen to God and stay in tune with what the Lord wants and plowing the fields, so to speak, and taking care of like what God wants for them and the other person is not, you know, in line with that and fighting and still learning and training, then it's not going to be an equally yoked relationship because one's still learning. Uh, I really liked the way that this source put it as well. Um, kind of in the same way that you put it. But it says, A yoke is a wooden bar that joins two oxen to each other. An unequally yoked team has one stronger ox and one weaker, or one taller and one shorter. The weaker or shorter ox would walk more slowly than the taller, stronger one, causing the load to go round in circles. When oxen are unequally yoked, they cannot perform the tasks set before them. Instead of working together, they are at odds with one another. And so I really like the wording of that. Um, and it kind of puts it in the same direction that you're going with it is if you're not, if you're not equally yoked with your partner in life, then, you know, you're going to be pulling one side the wrong direction or it's going to feel conflicted. It's going to feel constantly conflicted. I mean, there's so many times too, where I've, I've been like, Oh, but if this person doesn't believe in God, like it's okay. I'll bring them to church. And it just, guys, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Yeah. You need to have somebody that has the same morals as you, has the same beliefs as you. In a relationship standpoint, I mean, there's always 
it's always good to take people to church yeah. <laughs> and to encourage people. But it's also important that if you are looking to be in a relationship with someone that you guys are on the same page in that sense to encourage each other and challenge each other and be, you know, what each other needs and not at odds with each other. And speaking in terms of Stephen and I's relationship, like that's what got us through long distance is like how we were able to communicate and put Christ first in our own lives before we (laughs) were together as a couple, essentially, you know, being able to listen to God's direction for ourselves and the growth in ourselves, which then in turn brought us closer together. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't always like that though. Cause like in Oregon, when God wasn't the center, well, we kind of lost sight of God being the center. Um, A little bit. Yeah. Things fell apart, you know? And then, well, at least on my side, maybe not on Chris's side, but I know personally, I wasn't chasing after God like I should have been. And Carissa was. And so by me not chasing after God, I lost sight of what God even wanted. And so it just came with doubts, unknowns. I wasn't sure of anything. I was so lost. And it was because I wasn't on the same page as Carissa. It was a tough time, but God is good. God is good. I mean, that's what the enemy does. <laughs> if there's a crack in a relationship, if there's a little room in there, of course the enemy's not going to want a relationship that's equally yoked running towards the Lord to be like fruitful and yeah. to work. If yeah. there's any little crack, he's going to get in there and mess it up. Exactly. I think it's also, um, I was talking with my dad a little bit about this um, and we were talking about a lot of different things but so also in the bible in matthew 11 28 and 30 god talks about or jesus invites people to come to him for rest from their burdens but then offers to put them in his yoke so at first this kind of seems like a contradiction um as yoke means work not really rest but we have to remember the word picture of the farmer so jesus is like the stronger ox who pulls all the weight, and we simply need to stop fighting and try to go our own way and just to submit to his way. So only yoke to Christ is their hope of true rest. So it's really interesting to kind of think through that is not only in a really, I mean, we have a relationship with God and we are his bride. And so we are connected and yoked with him. And so in him is where we find our rest and where we are able to get through difficult times and listen to God for direction um but kind of merging the two views if we are yoked to anyone or anything else really so anyone who's an unbeliever or any career or something um like a stronger connection with something else in Christ we will not have rest so this is I guess kind of what Stephen was saying as well on how like it's a lot of conflict and the believer will get pulled away from the Lord because we're not looking towards God and we're not resting in his presence and looking to his direction this is also kind of cool to think about in a yoke there's usually a lead animal and although our culture nowadays kind of looks at the importance of equality and authority the bible speaks to equality of value but a difference of roles in marriage yoke there is equal value but different roles 
So yes, we're still yoked with a significant other, but there's different roles within that relationship as well. Like for example, the man is supposed to be the leader in a relationship. Um, so in a sense, like the man is supposed to be the stronger one in the relationship in terms of a yoke. But it's also cool because it, again, with this farming analogy, so it's like two oxen plowing. There's a lead animal, but the farmer is always out in front. So Jesus is always out in front. And even that lead animal needs to submit to the farmer. So even though there's someone leading in a relationship, he still needs to submit to the farmer, which is Christ. Um, but it's also cool because in John 10, God talks about, or Jesus talks about how my sheep hear my voice and follow me. So when you get really good at listening to Jesus, so to speak, like the farmer will not have to pull the rope in the plow anymore. He will just walk and the oxen will just follow. And that's when the plow is straight and it's, you know, going to produce the most crop and be the most beneficial essentially is when the animals are able to do their own job without needing the Lord and just listening to his voice and not being pulled. So this is also kind of cool because it reminds me of how we are the clay in the potter's hand and how God is molding us and creating us into something beautiful. And there are times where we are challenged and pushed and we might need a little pull from God, but we are all capable of getting to a point where we just need to listen to the still small voice and listen to the direction of God. And then we will lead and be fruitful and multiply. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of cool to think of the, the analogy that comes from so many different places in the Bible and how it all kind of ties together in terms of relationship. I don't know, Stephen, if you want to add anything else, but no. this is a lot of Bible talk in what it means in a biblical sense, which is great. But I do want to touch on a little bit of, so what does that look like? Like, what does a godly relationship look like? Um, what does putting God first look like? How do you become equally yoked with someone if you are maybe not equally yoked or maybe struggling to get in a rhythm with each other or, you know, those kinds of things because it's really important. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to just share a few things that Stephen and I have found in our relationship that has really helped us to be on the same page. And I think the first thing and by far the most important thing is to have our own separate relationship with God. So this is for us, like we each spend time daily in the word and growing ourselves. But very frequently we talk about like what we learned from the Bible or like what the big lesson was for the day. Um, so not only working on our relationship with God by ourselves, but then when we are together, we'll do devotions together. Um, we'll talk about the Bible all the time or what we feel like God is doing in our lives or how we feel like he's growing us in our relationship. And that's by far the most important thing. The other thing that I think is also really important is when someone is following God, there's certain characteristics that come with that. For example, um, one that I've really noticed in Stephen is humility and vulnerability. And the only males that I've ever met that have the ability to be humble and show vulnerability is those who are connected with the Lord and those who have a walk with the Lord. And those are also, those characteristics of being humble and vulnerable are some of the most important in a relationship because 
you have to see the good, bad, and the ugly in someone and love them through that. And you have to be able to admit when you're wrong and move on and learn from it and grow together. You can't just act like everything's fine. Like there has to be vulnerability and open communication and trust. And those things can happen without God, but they really truly happen the best when you're with God and being able to be on the same page with someone when everything is laid out on the table and you're able to not hide anything from each other and trust the other person. And that comes with forgiveness. And again, (laughs) forgiveness is a hard thing to do. Um, But the act of forgiving someone comes from the Lord because God calls us to forgive and to love others. And so... It comes more naturally when God's the center. Not necessarily that you need God to forgive. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I just want to make the point um, that for people who are maybe listening to, to this that aren't believers or are sure. struggling or on the on the on the line of becoming a believer you don't necessarily it's not like oh you'll never forgive somebody who let you come to God yeah you know yeah. but it's a lot easier to forgive people when you have God a part of the relationship yeah so when God's a sinner it is so natural and it's like what's the most important right now is loving each other and loving each other through this hardship or fight or pointless argument. Yeah. It's all about loving each other through it. And I know that can be hard and sometimes everybody handles that in a different way, but I have seen that so much in Carissa and she has loved me through things that I never thought she could love me through. Um, And so being equally yoked has been the biggest part of our relationship and the reason why we're still together I mean (laughs) it is huge for growing a life together with somebody yeah yep because it comes with open communication unconditional love serving one another you know serving God together within your relationship respect for each other honesty because when you're in tune with someone and both following God everything else just kind of seems to fall into place And you truly can be at rest. If we're going to tie this back into Matthew, you really truly can be at rest when you're following what God wants for your life. The other thing I, I don't know, someone said this in a podcast that I was listening to, but essentially run hard after the Lord. And when you find someone running just as hard next to you, then that's the person you're supposed to be with. (laughs) Like someone who's running just as hard for God and challenging you and pushing you, but also right there by your side if you're slowing down, they're challenging you harder and encourage you to continue to run for the Lord, which I just thought was a really cool analogy. This topic, I feel like, can be hard to kind of navigate, but if anybody has any other questions, feel free to reach out either to Stephen or me, and if you don't know me, that's fine. I'm an open book. <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can get my number from Stephen and we can talk about it, whatever. You know, I'm. this has been... A journey and it's been really difficult with its ups and downs but you know being able to find rest in the Lord is really where the relationship starts and ends is being with God so yeah if anybody wants to talk about it more Steven's here and I'm here I'm just volunteering him hit her up <laughs> hit me up <laughs> girls only know guys Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chew Creek Podcast. Catch you next time.